Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 53rd episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is sponsored by Meeples and Milkshakes. Visit them in store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Yeah, so what was this past weekend, Anna Marie? Christmas! <laughs> yes, it was. And who comes on Christmas? Santa! Yeah, and he delivers presents. Yes, he does. And he stopped by our house yes, he did. this weekend and, <laughs> and uh, delivered some presents. And a few of those were board games. Yeah. So we figured we'd start this episode off with some new to the collection stuff, some brand new stuff that we got just a couple of days ago. So the game that uh, Santa brought for me is a game that I've wanted for like a um, good year and a half. I think about I think I heard about this game about a year and a half ago. Mm hmm. And I could find it nowhere. And it was available nowhere. And um, so finally, a, a copy did arrive via Santa Claus. And what game am I talking about? Vagrant Song, a bone-chillingly spooky adventure from uh, Weird Games, I think it is. W-Y-R-D Games. And uh, it was designed by Kyle Rowan. And this one is just has piqued my interest ever since I first heard about it and saw the artwork for it. And it, um, it has the artwork of like old timey like, cartoons. So like, almost like Steamboat Willie. Yeah. Steamboat Willie style. I forget what you call that. Whole I style. don't know. I'm old, terrible. Old, that. old school Disney, um, sort of style, like Cuphead if people out there yeah. are aware of Cuphead. It's that similar style. Um, and like Betty Boop yeah. sort of style. Right. So, that's kind of what the artwork is, but this game is a kind of a spooky horror-ish kind of game. So I'll read a little blurb from the back of the box here to uh, kind of set what's going on here. It says, you train hop aboard the Silverman Ferry, Ferryman, that's I guess the name of the train, <laughs> the Silver, no, the Silver Ferryman, not yep. the Silverman Ferry, uh, <laughs> chasing a dream of running from the past. What you find is a welcome in hand, white gloves, stretched skin, and a fiddle player in the distance, playing a tune that's awfully inviting. Makes you never want to leave. In I don't know what any of that just meant. <clears throat> <laughs> um, in a vagrant song, uh, a cooperative and story-driven ghost battler, you will take on the role of a vagrant trapped on a supernatural ghost train. That's what it all meant. Yeah. In, that's a little <laughs> more straightforward. <laughs> Face off against Haints. I don't know what Hanks is. Probably some H -A -I -N -T -S, type of ghost. H-A-I-N-T-S. With a capital H. Hmm. Probably. Face off against Hanks. Adjust your playstyle with skills and junk acquired along the way. <laughs> and uncover a secret of the silver ferryman in this spooky and challenging adventure. So this game is, yeah, it's a, I don't really know exactly what's going on, I guess. It's a bone-chillingly <laughs> spooky adventure. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it sounds like it's a boss battling game from what I gather. And you're working your way um, through this train, I think, car to car, um, facing off against various ghost bad guys. That's what and, I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's 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 always just looked cool to me, and mm -hmm. it's like highly rated, and it's got like a what's got this yeah the dice tower seal of excellence on it, so mm -hmm. I mean, it's got to be fairly decent. And uh, yeah, it's it's co-op, two to four players plays thirty minutes per player. And it's fairly um, uh, mature. It says age 14 plus. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, I don't know what to really expect except for I just I have very high hopes for this one. Yes. I've been very intrigued for a long time and finally a copy has arrived. So I am excited. Um, what game do you have? From Santa, yeah. I got Flamecraft. Right. And I'm so super excited about this. Um, this one is designed by Manny Vega with art by Sandra Tang and published by Cardboard Alchemy. Mm-hmm. And this one is one that I've wanted for a long time. Um, and it is about little dragons and not like yeah. not crazy big ones. They're cousins to the crazy big ones that wreak havoc everywhere mm-hmm. but these are artisan dragons so right they're making they do all gla- sorts of little things glass and things yeah like they'll that. and like sewing clothes and mm. making coffee and and things like that and so what you do i believe in the game is you're um you know flamecraft like meaning you can speak to dragons you can speak dragon language oh. so you're basically um trying to um you know speak with the dragons, figure out what their talents are, okay. and then place them where they make the most sense. Hmm. So you're trying to put the right dragon in the right shop, and then you like can enchant the shops and to hmm. make people want to come there, and you're trying to do it the best. But yeah, you're just trying to help out the dragons and make sure they get to the right places, and um, it looks super cute. Like, it does. Super yes. cute, and I've heard nothing but good things about it as well. So, I People also have been crazy about that. Game. I've 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 been I've been wanting this for so long. Just because, and uh, it was from um, just from a, a review that I saw where yeah. it was. I think it was an a most anticipated on someone's list. So, yeah, it, it's a game that um, I was here nor there about. Like I remember seeing it like talked about and mm-hmm. I thought, well, whatever just look like cute dragons or whatever but <laughs> then it's been in many people's lists this year as one of the better games of 2022 and so it's really come for me to be a surprise it's one of those where i think you can't judge the game by its cover because not. it looks like it might be a, a kid's game and i don't think it totally is no, i think it, it could be it's leaning that but way. it look it looks that way from the from the outside uh, in but i've heard that it's full of like really interesting choices and mechanisms and it just yeah yeah everyone's talking about it it's saying age 10 plus so it's not even like a little little kid game like you're no uh, it's one to five players too so you could play this solo Hmm. um and takes about an hour so that's that's a great time frame published by cardboard alchemy yeah and lucky duck yeah i think yeah i don't know yeah it sounds sounds cool and um yeah i just i'm I'm curious more than anything because everyone's just talking about i see it all the time on twitter people posting about this yeah so yeah i'm i'm very curious hopefully we can get that played here before the end of the year yeah that's we my make goal. Our top 10 lists of the year i'm very excited about that episode Me this too. has been a very good year for games for sure so i think that's it for our new to the collection and this episode we are going to be doing another um a rapid fire review episode in which we are going to feature three games again So let's head on over and review our first game. Alrighty then, here we are at the first segment in our latest rapid fire review episode and what is the first game we're gonna review today Anna Marie? 
The first game we're going to review is Octopus's Garden, designed by Roberta Taylor. Uh, sorry, Taylor. Art by Carrie. Taylor. Yeah. Don't know what happened there. Okay. <laughs> Art by Carrie Aiken, and published by Maple Games. What did I say earlier in the episode? I said like, I said train backwards or something. Weird. Yeah, it was like the silver. I don't even remember. It was oh, something the like that. Fairy Silverman or the yeah. Silver Fairyman. <laughs> That's the, what it was. The Silver. Yeah. F- yeah. <laughs> oh well. Um, we're having a good one today. Yes. <laughs> So Octopus's Garden, this is a Kickstarter that we mm-hmm. uh, backed that arrived a week or two ago, I think, or something. Yes, and this was a, a re-implement of Octopus's Garden. <laughs> so it's like a re-implementation of the same game. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's just, yeah, just a reworking. Different of, art, I believe, than the last one. Yeah, but the same designer, I believe, yep. and whatnot. And it came from Maple Games. Yeah. And yeah, so this one looked pretty cool. When Canadian we... designer too. Yes, Canadian designer. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so Octopus's Garden. So what is this game? It's a tile-laying game. Um, and you have a main board. And then the main board is kind of a, a market. And that's where the, there's a 3 by 3 grid of, of tiles that are available for you to purchase at any time to place onto your player board. And each tile it has a, a different cost to it represented by... Pearls. Pearls, yeah. Pearls yeah, are, your are currency. the currency in this game. And on your board is basically your garden that you're you're piecing together. And you start off with two pearls. Uh, so you $2, right? And um, you do that because you have two oysters built onto your board. Like yes. they're painted on. <laughs> so every turn you've got an income, no matter yes. what, of two, two pearls. Yeah, and you can get more oysters through the game if you like to increase your income. Right. But they are not necessarily a great idea to get. No, they're not a um, bad idea. They just, they cost you one more than the amount of oysters you currently have. So yeah. when you go to buy your next oyster, you've got the two on your board. It's going to cost you three pearls. So two pearls right. plus one, like two, you have two oysters plus one. Yeah. And the the pearls, like the, the currency in this game is like very tight. Yes. Very, very tight. So... On the grid, on that in that market board, there's going to be, like we said, the three by three grid, and there's going to be a whole array. Like there's a whole whack of different tiles oh, that yeah. are available. There's uh, coral. There hermit are crabs. There's hermit crabs. Anemones. There's garbage. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah. Anemones. Kelp. Starfish. Um, reef. Uh, uh, coral reef. Did I say that? Yeah. Um, you said coral. Yeah. yeah. And um, various other things. And um, each one of those has a pearl cost on them. And what, but what you have to do in this is you can't just take a tile. You have to take an entire row or column yes. of tiles and put them onto your board. So, so you have to be able to afford the entire row or column. Yeah. And some of these tiles cost three and four. So if you have three pearls and each, if each tile costs three pearls, that's nine pearls. So you have to save up mm-hmm. for quite a few turns. And these are seeded out at random. So you can have a whole, like you can have a very expensive market sitting in front of you yes. just seeded out at random and you can just start the game with these two pearls. So money, as you can tell, very, very tight. Yes. Um, but once you have got uh, pearls, uh, you can then purchase these things. But if you don't have enough pearls, you can go through and you can eliminate like an expensive tile from the board and pull another one from the bag. And yeah, that's like you pass your it's turn. It's like a very like last ditch yeah. thing you can do. But ultimately what you're doing here is purchasing an entire row or an entire 
call them. Then placing, them, placing on, them on your board. in your garden on your board. in your garden, yeah, <clears throat> where your octopus. I think I said lives. Gordon. I meant garden. Gordon. <laughs> I was saying board and garden at the same time, and <laughs> it came out Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> and each one of these tiles has a different. Uh, reason for placing it on your board some are just going to get you straight up points mm -hmm. some are not going to get you any points some are going to get you nothing some are in fact going to get you negative like the uh the garbage tiles um and then certain tiles will be able to move around there's starfish there are hermit crabs um so like for the hermit crab it's going to want to move around the board to get on top of the like, seashells seashells or garbage mm -hmm. Because um, then it'll get you from a negative point to like a zero or to positive points. Yes. Um, and the starfish is going to end up covering uh, your oysters. So they're yes. going to eat your oysters. So what you have to do is manage how many oysters you're buying and then how many starfish you're getting. Because uh, your starfish will move every single turn closer to your oyster. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want to play it out where you grab a starfish um, and you place it down where it will kind of map out when it covers your, your oyster. So then you're going to have less income because once it's covered, then you don't get the income from that oyster because yes. it's been eaten. So thematically that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You can't get per a pearl from an oyster that doesn't, uh, that's in a, in a starfish's belly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and on, in your garden, I believe you have 24 spots to place uh, these different tiles. And some of them, you get bonuses for putting them in clusters, like the um, anemones. anemone. Yeah. You get a clownfish. Yeah, if you get three in a row, I think. X amount of points. And then there was some like kelp or something that you could put together and you get a seahorse. Yeah, if you have and, five in a row, you get like a seahorse. Yeah, and yeah. you get extra. And they're just bonus. Points for that. And then there's just certain tiles, yeah, that do give you just straight up points. Like I think there was lionfish and things that give you straight Sharks. up points. And, yeah, and it's, it's pretty neat. So you go through the phases of adding um stuff to your garden mm -hmm. from a row or column and then you move the things that need to move on your board like you have to move any starfish one step closer to any oysters that you might may have there and you can also move uh the hermit crabs, hermit crabs to towards the either shells or the garbage to either increase your points or negate negative points mm -hmm. and things like that and that's really what you're doing here until you've filled until one, one person, person has fills filled their, their entire board. garden yeah and once the entire garden is filled, you go through a few um, game and scoring things where like there was some uh, treasure that I think you put on the yeah. board. You get, if you have three of the pieces of treasure, you get a bunch of points or like... Uh, if you have two of them, you get less points, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. If you have one, I think you get one point and yeah. two, you get three points or whatever the case is. And that's generally the case here. And you just keep drafting these tiles out, laying them down, and the first person to fill their whole board triggers the end of the game there's mm -hmm. a few extra points at the end and most points wins yeah and whoever <laughs> has the best garden essentially is what yeah. it comes down to the prettiest garden yeah exactly the, the one that's most uh whichever octopus has the prettiest garden yes um <laughs> so let's talk about that the the theme uh, let's revisit the theme here does the theme lend well to this one yeah i mean i think so you're overall. just making a seascape yeah, you could do this with pretty much anything you wanted yeah. to do, but does it work for this? Sure, it does. Um, I like the hermit crabs moving around to get the, sh yeah. the shells and the garbage. I kind of like that. I like the idea that the sea stars are constantly on the move to try to eat up your oysters, your oysters that you've spent a lot of money on to get yeah. uh, extra income, and then all of a sudden your income is gone. So that's something like um, very interesting you have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's that's I think the 
the theme works for it. Um, let's talk about the artwork. Pretty nice artwork. I like it. Yeah. Right? Just, yep, I like it. It's just, yeah. it's nice and colorful and... Yeah, very under the sea looking yes. stuff. It looks, I like it. It's really nice. The components, uh, we have the Kickstarter version that has a few extra components. So our... Um, pearls? Uh, pearls are actually like half uh, spheres. Yes. Um, that lay flat, but with a kind of a, uh, I don't know what you want to call that. Yeah, half sphere. Half sphere. That, like a ball uh, cut in half. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> represent the oysters. They're kind of... I found them harder to use than I think <laughs> yes. the cardboard chits. Like they were just yeah, sl- slippery. They were going out of my hands. Yeah, they're not easy to pick up. No. And they're, and they like when you lay them down, like they can flip onto their I, top and they're rolling around. And, I, I preferred them on the rolly side. Then I yeah. could pick them up easy. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they look great. They look like, they really nice. They look like nice. little pearls, but they're kind of a, it's kind of weird to pick up and not, yeah. not that great. So maybe the, the actual cardboard is probably the better way to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was fine. And we also got these nice little wooden meeple octopuses, that, mm-hmm. uh, octopi, I guess it would be. I don't even know. I Might just be octopus. octopus. I don't know. And yeah, so the components are pretty nice. I like them. But I would say that the retail cardboard is probably yeah. the way you want to go with this one. Um, For sure. Then the rule book. It was fine. Yep. Easy to learn. There's Learned not, there's not a lot going on here. Yeah, it's fairly oh, simple. Oh, the one game. thing that we didn't mention is there is a bag. Okay. Um, there's something else we didn't mention. Oh, but in the bag, so there's all these uh, tiles, tiles are drawn from a bag. And the the bag has got a picture of an octopus on it. It's a nice mm-hmm. little bag. And the tiles themselves are, are nice quality and so are the player boards and mm-hmm. so forth yeah, yeah the thing that the thing, other thing we missed is that your oysters for every oyster you have on your board in in, in excess of the two that are actually on like on your board mm-hmm. um you at the end of the game if you still have them on your board they're minus two points yeah that's why you want to map out your um the sea star is going to eat them to because eat them by the time the game yes ends. So that's yeah. what i was trying to get at you need to map math out like okay i need the income but then I need to get the sea stars to go eat, uh, like eat them, so that they're not costing me anything at the end of the game. So, anyways, side yeah. note. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, that's right. That is a one, uh, another kind of neat thing going on here. So yeah, artwork, components, great. Rule book, easy. Um, so, do we recommend this game? Uh, it was for me. I'll go first here. So this one, um, I loved the idea of it. I loved the idea that the what was going on here. I loved building the garden and the tokens and and stuff and uh i love the components and the artwork but the game just felt clunky to me and right out the gate because the income was like brutal like you never had enough money pearls to afford what was laid out so that market i remember in our first game neither of us could afford anything from the market right yeah. so the market's laid out at random you pull all these nine tiles yeah. from the from the bag and put them out and there was no row or column that either of us could afford yep. in the first round. So our first turn, we were just buying, yep. getting more, or just uh, doing the pass, taking off a tile. We got income, and then we passed, and then we yeah. we tossed a tile and added a tile. And then I found myself, how many times did I do that in my first game? We had to do that quite a bit. And like so often yeah. that you don't have enough pearls to buy a row or a column, because they just don't. You have, you have two to start with, right? And then you have your income, so you'll have four. But there's the chances of you finding a row or column that has four or less yeah. uh, pearl cost is like almost nil. You need like six or eight pearls at any given time to be able to afford a row or a column. And you almost, 
like half the time have that, I would say. And that's where, um, just to counter that, that's where you will, and it's saying the same kind of thing. You might have to negate multiple turns to just just, gain income, not gain income, to gain income, then spend your income on oysters, then, then then get your income then spend it on oysters and you might have to do that but like, i feel like that's a bunch of wasted time i agree i'm not i'm not Where, disagreeing again, it should just be a quick like go and get tiles and build your garden yeah and whoever's got the best garden with all the various uh you know bits and bobs and like uh things that could work together yeah. or don't work together or negative points like th- that's 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 what this game should be it should be nice quick snappy and in 20 minutes you've got your your garden built, right? Yeah. Whereas this, I felt like you spent, you probably played for 30 or 40 minutes because half the time you were just doing something that didn't add tiles to your board, you know? Yeah, I, I get that. And yeah. I think that just, you know, it's a balance of when you want to, you have to increase your um, your oyster cost. Yeah, but so that they also don't make the oyster cost easy. Right. It should be like, it's you want one a new oyster. Well, because it's, it costs one extra than the amount of oysters you have. Mm-hmm. So if you've spent all your oysters, you have, you can't just get one income phase. It has to be two income phases before you can do it. So it does, you, you are, it's what seems like wasting turns. Yes. Which and I then, just don't like. Yeah. I'd rather just have a, a mitt full of, of, uh, <laughs> of pearls to start yep. this with, and I can just start buying things and putting them on. Like that's, that's what I want to do. So yep. Fair. It's hard for me to recommend this, although it is fun, but just that aside, like, I guess if you just, you know, house ruled it and added a whole bunch of, um, pearls, pearls to, to start the game with, and you could just go and buy things that, 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 then the game for me would be great. Mm-hmm. I, I like what it's doing, but I just find that half the time I'm not able to buy anything. Yeah. And I, I'm, you know, feel like you're just spinning your tires. I don't so. think you bought enough oysters, you know, when we played. <laughs> I don't know. So it was, it was a bit disappointing for me on my end. Um, but I think you could simply house rule that and fix that by just, because it comes with a whole ton of, of um, pearls. Pearls. Like, yeah. It's like you got way more pearls than you could ever use in this game, really, for like a two-player game in yeah. particular. Um, so I think that's what I would do. And then I think you could have a lot of fun with this. It should be quick and uh, and cool. Yeah. You know? Because at its, at its core, I really like what it's doing. Right. But the, just the pearl economy just didn't work properly for me. But yeah. Um, so that's Octopus Garden from Maple Games. We're going to head on over to game number two. Alrighty then, here we are at game number two of our rapid fire reviews. And what game are we reviewing now? We are reviewing Turing Machine, designed by Fabian Gridel and Johan Levitt, art by Sebastian Bezos, and published by Scorpio Masque. Mm-hmm. Turing Machine. This one is a really weird game. <laughs> um, this one is based off of the old school uh, punch card computers. Like I'm talking like uh, the first computers made where they used a punch card system. It's really hard to kind of describe if you don't know what I'm talking about, but the the machine was built off of using paper, cardboard, punch cards. 
and mathematical formulas for it to run properly. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) this game is, in fact, that. It's, it's, uh, it's made up of these punch cards. Um, so the premise of this game is that you are supposed to be figuring out a three-digit code using one of these primitive computers. And they actually have it for you here to kind of work with. Yes. Like it's not you know, a computer, but it's simulating uh, what those computers did. Um, so you set up the game by having this main uh, kind of hexagon in the middle of the board, and it's got uh, A, B, C, D, E, and F uh, circled around it in these six different sections. And on each one of those is going to potentially be a different arm of this computer running for the scenario that you've chosen. So this game, I think, comes with 12 or 20 uh, scenarios. I think so with 20. 20, 20 scenarios yeah. of... Of a di- uh, of a code that you need to break, so you pick scenarios, uh, whatever pick scenario one, and it's going to have a number uh, that you need to figure out. That's that's all you're doing is trying to mm-hmm. figure out a three digit number. In order to do so, you're going to set up the game uh, using the dictated arms of the machine. So it's going to say use this card, this card, this card, and this card, and the arms will be. Yeah, a, a card laid yes. out in one of those sections of the hex. And then each of those cards, each of those like clues, is going to have um, another card you have to find that attaches to it. Yes. And that's going to be um, what... The, the yeses and nos and the... Yeah, the, the deciding... The true and false. Right. Um, kind of cards. And the only way to figure this stuff out is to for you to first... Um, Choose your own number. So you are just guessing right out the gate. So you could pick one, two, three. Okay. And you would take a card from the blue cards, the yellow cards, and the purple cards. You could take, and they always go from blue left to right. Blue is always the first blue, digit. Yellow, purple. Yellow is the second digit. Yes. Purple is the third digit. So you'd say take a blue one, a yellow two, and a purple three. Mm-hmm. And that's your baseline on how you're going to try and crack this code. And then given the, uh, three or f- I think there's always four or more um, yeah. clues. Yeah. And you always get to choose up to three of them. Yeah. So you're going to have these options laid out for you of different um, clues that you're able to access to see whether or not you are getting closer or further away from the answer to this. Yeah, I guess it's more like questions you're asking the computer. Yeah, exactly. You're you're putting input into the computer. So uh, say one of the arms will be how many fours are in this um, number. number that you're supposed to be guessing. And in my, my cards, I did one, two, three, right? So I'm going to use, say on my turn, I'm going to go down that arm of the computer and find that card at the end of that arm. And I'm going to place it in behind the stack of my cards. So you're going to take your cards and you stack them on top of each other. One, two, three into a nice tight stack because there's a whole bunch of punches and holes and things all over the place. And there will be one that overlaps, one hole that overlaps between all three numbers. Yes. So then every you're going to take combination of cards. That card from that arm that's going to give you an answer and it's going to tell you how many fours are in this code based and on the number that based you on have. The numbers that you have picked. So I would place that card in behind my 3. So now I've got a stack of four cards and I'm going to look through and see what it shows me. And you're going to see it either a little green check mark or mm-hmm. a red X. So in my instance, with with using one, two, three, if it had an X, it would mean that there is a four, at least one, four, yes, in the code. Because in my my setup, I have none, and it's saying that my 
my guess is incorrect that there is at least one four. Yeah. If so, you were correct and there were no fours in that number, would you would me. give you a check mark. Yes, that's exactly right. So if there was no four in the actual code that we're trying to guess, it would have given me a green check mark. And I would know that and I would write that in my little uh, sheet. You get a little sheet that comes with it. We laminated ours, which was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to say that I checked uh, down the arm of the machine that says that's asking about the number four and that there are in fact no fours because I got a green check mark that I guess there were no fours. Right. And then I would be able to check two more arms of the machine and see what information I could gather, whether maybe one number is bigger than another or one number is equal to another number or something along those lines. And I would get three different pieces of information which would directly correlate my number versus the number we're trying to guess. Yeah. And And I would have... Good answers, bad answers, whatever it might be. And then once everybody's done that first round, so everybody's, you know, checked up to three of the kind of the clues there, um, then you decide, do I know what the number is? Do I want to make a guess at it? Or no, I need more time. Mm -hmm. So you'll either do like, at the same time, everyone will either put their thumb up or thumb down. So if anybody has their thumb up, that means they're ready to guess. They guess. If they get it right, they win. If they get it wrong... The other person wins or if they have more people, they can continue on trying to guess the number. Um, And then you just keep going through round like that um, over and over. However, you want to try to guess it with the least amount of clues possible, Mm -hmm. because if two people guess it at the same on the same round and they get it both get it correct, whoever um, got the correct answer with the least amount of clues taken um, will win, essentially. Yeah, so if in the first round we both, you know, did three clues and we both got a whole bunch of information and we both decided to go to the second round because we weren't sure yet. Yes. And we went to the second round and I checked uh, uh, another one of the arms of the computer versus... Oh, and I should mention that in between rounds you can flip the cards out, right? So you, you're picking another number yeah, altogether. You're, you're taking cards out of your out of your hand and replacing them with different ones just to try to make it closer to the number that you think it might be yeah and then you can get more information get, from the clues then you can use because the you're not changing change. any of the any of the clue giving stations yeah, you're of just this, changing of your number round. to check mm-hmm. against the clues yes yeah, so you have to keep that in mind that to, to switch out your numbers to use against the same clue givers to see if you can get more information right so say you did that and you guessed or you threw it uh, your new number into one of the arms and it gave you like a really good confirmation of something you could be like oh i'm i've got it after four clue scenarios mm-hmm. and i might need to do all three on the second turn and just like you said if we both got it right great but i took six clues clue things mm-hmm. and you did four so you would win yeah yeah and if you got it wrong you just lose <laughs> um so it's it's really really interesting and yeah and thinky you really have to think like you can't just assume anything in here because it's like i assumed and was oh right no that's yeah. wrong of course it's wrong after i thought i was so sure i've done it too yeah that yeah. i was right and i was like oh, but yeah no but that You're number like, oh, has to be bigger than that number i already knew that i yeah, forgot and i even wrote it, it down and yeah. i still just didn't <laughs> yeah so so this is the thing is yeah it's a deduction game at its core Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to figure out the number and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating um, how they made this. I haven't any yeah. clue. 
this stuff is way beyond me. <laughs> uh, but it's super neat. Like it was, it, I, I knew when we ordered this that this was going to be neat. Yes. But I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it or if I was going to be like, this is not for me at all. Right. Right. Because I'm not a numbers guy at all with this kind of stuff. But I was really fascinated with this. And we played a bunch, a whole bunch of rounds of this, a whole bunch of different scenarios. I really enjoyed doing it. And something we should mention, a couple things. One, um, the book that it, like the rule book, it'll give you 20 scenarios. Mm-hmm. But there are, um, they like have a, a link like <laughs> online yeah. and there are so many, so many. So you will never run out of content. Oh, right here. Seven plus million problems to yes. solve. And there's the QR code that you can go to get it. Yeah. And also they have, like Robbie said, we laminated our sheets so we can just use the dry erase on mm-hmm. them. But, um... If you run out of paper, they've got on their website as well. They've got um, sheets that you can print off if yeah. you need to. And we should mention that you can play this competitively, which is what we've been doing. Yeah. Trying to, each of us trying to beat each other to, to figure out the code. You can also play it cooperatively and yeah. you can also play this solo. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> so hopefully that kind of made sense about what you're trying to do. Trying to crack this code I using think the so. Clues and using these punch cards. I think we did it's a bang really kind of hard to describe. If you, <laughs> if you haven't seen this type of stuff before, then you really don't really know what we're talking. It's hard about. to envision this, but I think we've explained it as mm. best we can. Um, so there's no theme to talk about here. Uh, <laughs> so the components, numbers, numbers is the theme. <laughs> yeah, it's just numbers, cracking codes. Um, the the components were great. Yes. Yeah. Um, these these punch cards line up absolutely perfectly when you when you stack them and you're trying to find your x or your or your check mark and that's what had to be right this this game could not exist like this would be awful if you're like so is that a check mark or is that not i can't like it's part of it's showing and that's not the case at all they line up perfectly like it lines up absolutely perfect there's no question whether you got a big red x or a big green check mark every time you're trying to figure something out yeah because if that was the case oh my goodness you would just yeah. like never ever play this if you're like, well, it said it was true, and, and but uh, yeah. it was wrong, right? Like, no, it's so that is not the case. This is this is deadly accurate. Yeah. So components, awesome. Um, Jump the gun, artwork. Sorry. There's not really any. It's it's kind of like it's just math. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's just numbers, numbers and codes. Yeah, and it looks uh, nice for what it is. Yeah. Like it it's laid out well yeah. and and it's very techy looking kind of thing, and so it's 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 fine. But it's there's no real artwork to, to say, um, but there also shouldn't be no right. So that's not what it's. Going I always think art would detract from this game. Yeah, this is trying to be very scientific and very, yep. um, yeah, it, that's what it's trying to. Yes. Do. Um, rule book. Rule book uh, was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty. So it's easy game to to understand what you're attempting to do. The difficult part of this game was trying to understand the, the clue clues arms of the computer. Because yeah. some of them are very straightforward. That'll tell you how many fours are in this. And if I have, yeah. if I had three, four, five was my number and I got a green check mark, I know that there's only one four in the number. I'm not sure if it's the one that I've selected, whether it's the middle number or the yeah. first digit or the third digit. But I know. But I know that there's one four. Um, so that's easy enough to figure out. But then there's ones that are like the, the blue number, it, which number is bigger than both the others. And you're trying to figure out. 
There's some that I still will pause and look at. And <laughs> I have like, to okay, read it like four I times. have a check mark. What does that actually mean? Yeah. Because it, it, the thing you have to remember with this is what does this mean for the numbers that I'm currently holding? Mm-hmm. Like for the, the three digit number that I have, what does it mean for this? And if you keep coming back to that question, it'll make sense. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Because it's it's not, it's it's confirming things in a, in a weird way that you really have to wrap your head around <laughs> that it's, it's confirming your number versus the number the, the the number you're trying to decipher. Yeah. So it's not saying that this like I said with the four, it's not confirming that the number four is the third number. Yeah. It's saying that there is a four. And I have one four, but is it in the right spot? That I might have to go down a different clues, arm yeah. of the machine to figure out. So you have to really like sit there and talk talk it out about okay. Yeah. Right. So um Okay. Do we recommend this game? Yes. I highly recommend this game. I think it's fantastic. It's really fun. It's really cool. Even for a person like me that doesn't like (laughs) math at all. I find it fascinating. It was, it was staggering up front because I was really getting lost um, with what some of these arms meant. But once I've figured out how these game or these arms relate and how these questions relate and how my number is supposed to relate to Mm -hmm. to the number we're trying to find it's it's great once you wrap your head about what you're doing yes but it is a tall order up front Mm -hmm. oh my goodness it is not easy for people (laughs) like me (laughs) so the people like me out there it's yeah it's not going to be an easy you say that but i think like you you did pick it up pretty quick i did um but it's it's not an insurmountable feat he's making it sound really tough and like i get what you're saying but you did pick it up pretty quickly like oh okay. and that's that's saying something for this because yeah. i am not good with these things and even i was able to do this but it is something you do need to sit there and yeah and talk through what you're looking yeah. at so that you don't do what i did and be like oh i got it i got to figure it out easy and then i get to the number and i said three two one and it's like no it's four six five and yeah. like, or four five four yeah. I'm like what and then like, oh right yes. because that stupid thing i did so it's 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 great i really liked it um it's less a game more of a it's a deduction game it's a, yeah it's it's, yeah. it's yeah but it's it's cool regardless of whatever you want to call this it's really cool so if you like numbers this is definitely up your alley um and it's yeah it's a challenging thing to do so uh yeah. highly recommend this i one. recommend it too very cool so let's head on over and talk about our third game right after this. Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay and play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at our third game of our rapid fire reviews. And what 
game are we talking about to end the episode, Anna-Marie? We are talking about Ready, Set, Bet, designed by John D. Clare, art by Kirk W. Buchendorf and Athena Cagle, and published by AEG, Alderac Entertainment Group. Mm-hmm. Ready, Set, Bet. So this game we first saw uh, when Rodney and his crew from watch it played watch it played was having their live streaming event yeah it was like an eight hour event yeah they were having this big i forget what the event was we were watching it anyway and yeah and they were playing this on there and we just knew we had to i wanted nothing more than to walk through the tv and join in and play it with them (laughs) yes (laughs) because this game is right up our alley this game is about horse racing like at the track and not that we have anything to do with horses or horse racing but we just absolutely love this theme of of betting on silly horse races it's really (laughs) like something that i personally used to love i used to go to the casino with our buddies back when like my early 20s and they had an animatronic full-blown like it was probably like 15 feet long and about six feet wide track where these little mechanical horses would run around the track they're about three or four inches long and you just bet loonies on like which horse that sounds like the kind of casino game i would it was so much fun (laughs) and you'd win like 20 bucks or lose a buck or whatever and it was just hilarious it was a lot of fun and then they replaced it with the digital ones and it was like meh whatever but yes this is a theme that i really love and yeah so we got this game just before we went to shucks and we brought it with us down just before like Like the day before before. like we drove down to pick it up we drove down the night before because it came in that day and it closed in an hour (laughs) we had to drive to penticton to pick it up and then we left the next morning yes for shucks and we played this at shucks and we actually met john declare down there as well and he was super nice uh, guy super awesome guy and he uh was kind enough to sign our box so that's pretty cool yeah um so yes ready set bet is a horse racing simulation like as if you're at the track sort of yeah I'm going to just add, I mean, spoiler alert, if you don't know, we love this game. Oh, yes. But um, (laughs) when I I first saw it, I saw it before it um, was on the... uh, on the the Watch It Played Mm -hmm. thing. But I didn't... I hadn't really looked into it a ton, and this is faux pas on my part. We had just gotten... um, long shots the dice mm-hmm. game yep. which is another another car, horse, another racing, horse game. racing game yep. but it's with dice a and roll and right totally or... yeah it's a roll yeah. and right yeah. yeah it's a different game also a great game yep. but i was like oh it's another horse racing game like i just we just got one so i kind of just walked washed past it thinking like oh we just we got a horse we just got a horse racing mm-hmm. game i don't need another one and then we were wa- we saw the watch it played and i was like oh my gosh this is so different i need this yeah. game too and so, that's when we realized it was designed <laughs> by john d Clare. oh yeah i um, i had just saw another horse so, racing i didn't look into it my goodness they're yeah. so different and so oh my goodness yeah long shot's great game this it game is. though it's different it's a totally different type of game so cool so let's so get into what it. you're doing so this game plays two to nine players so this is like a a social event game yeah it's about 45 minutes to an hour sings at the larger player count yeah we played with six yep i think for a few games yeah yeah and um yeah you want you want a bunch of people here you want six or more sort of thing 
or you know yeah five two i guess but you, you <laughs> certainly want more than like four for this yeah it, you just you want the more more players is better yeah and so what what's happening here is the main board is a gigantic betting board um with a whole bunch of a bunch of options for you to pick on for horses that are going to come in first place second place uh that they're going to show so that means that they're actually going to make it past the the uh, no bet line the or... no bet line and yeah. so forth um and like just tons of different things you can bet on right? and things keep coming up like every round you're going to get um each player is going to pick some different cards that are going to be like individual things that you need to try to bet on or that yeah. you need to accomplish so it's not just the board like there's more going on than that too yeah so at its core it's just like there's like a thousand different things you can bet yes. on but then there's the actual horse board which is run like the track which is run by a, one of the people playing. One of the people playing. So one of the people that's playing is doing the horse track and everyone else is betting. And we will also say right out the gate, it is just as much fun being yes. the person running the horses as it is being the person yeah, betting. The, what is that? The facilitator. So like whatever I, it is. The, I loved facilitating absolutely. this game. Um, that was running the, the track. So what you do is basically you do the ready, set and bet. And then you go. And this game is live betting on horses as they race and how do they move is by rolling dice so as fast as i can roll the die these horses are going to move up the track and there are oh, what eight horses two to twelve right one two three or four, some of them five, they've six, doubled seven, up eight nine horses either way um i think if you roll was it like a two or three they're together and if you're rolling two or, or, or no because no, there was only never... you had to roll two dice whatever either doesn't way. matter you're rolling to a pair of dice and for every combination of these dice, say you roll a three and a four, the seven horse is going to move ahead one, right? You roll a two and a six, and the eight horse is going to move ahead one. If you roll two consecutive numbers back to back, they're going to get their booster thing. And every different horse has a different uh, boost cost associated with it. So, With the exception of seven, because seven... seven because it's the most common one. Yes, you're going so, to get sevens more often than like the, any the other 12, number. The 11 and 12 horse is going to have a much bigger... Uh, boost because it's a, a less likely. Yeah. So if you to, get if you get twelve like twice in a row, I think you get an extra three spaces. You it's get a to big move. jump. It's a huge jump. So you're rolling these dice and you're like, okay, now seven moves up and here comes number eight is moving up and then and six is coming from behind. Up, and here comes, here comes four. Yeah, this and... one's coming up and the and the horses are just moving up the track and everyone's throwing down their bet chips all over the this this gigantic betting box because while the horses are going and everyone's placing their bets once some let's say i say oh not nine's going nine's gonna do it and i place my bet that yep. like nine is gonna get number one nobody else can bet that number nine is gonna right. get number one every they spot can, is only for yeah. one person so you gotta be <laughs> really watching what's going on and yeah and betting on what you think is going to happen like it's just it's it's so realistic arms just are just like flying happen. people are twitching like oh do i want it do i not ah, ah, like, ah. oh yeah like everyone's like <laughs> putting their hand in and like just about to put it down like oh no and then number seven takes off and then and someone then, oh, sneaks it in there before them and then yeah someone else throws it in there just before you were going to bet and so that's what's going on we don't need to explain what everything you can yeah, bet on no. in this game is because there's a whole ton of different things but the the whole premise is that these live horses are running and you're watching them run and you're betting as they are running. And then you do several rounds of this. And at the end of it, there's a whole bunch of points and whatnot. Yes. But that's the essence of what's going on here. Um, <laughs> so I think everyone understands what we're dealing with here. Yeah. <laughs> um, does the theme lend yes. well? It's like tremendous. 
the theme yeah. lens well here. You're, you feel you're, like you're actually the racing the horse. Someone is like actually racing the horses. Yes. That's all the they do. The horses are actually moving. They're moving. And you're, you're moving them. And you're watching them move. And betting on them as you go. You can't get much more thematic than that. 10 is, is coming up from yeah. behind and you put, you know, on 10 to win. Come on, 10. And, and then you're yelling like, <laughs> come on, 10. Exactly. And it's, there's yelling and cheering and booing and it's so cool. Yeah. The theme is just fantastic. Um, components was great. It's yeah. just, it's straight up. It's a nice board that just uh, rolls out, right? It's just a mat that yeah. rolls out and then you got all these poker chips. I would recommend upgrading if you could to like real poker chips. So if you have poker chips around the house and you have enough uh, to distinguish different colors different between colors. people, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. So you could hear them clinking and clanking on the table, right? <laughs> would probably really add to this because they're just cardboard uh, poker chips here. But um, yeah, components are great. The little horses are great. Everything is fits in a nice little box. It's not a very big box. Um, yeah, so components are uh, great. Artwork, really nice. The front of the box is um, just a nice picture of people at the track. Yep. And watching the horses run and like old timey sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then the board itself is just very like. It's a betting board. It's a betting board. Yeah. It's, it's what you would expect from a casino or, yeah. you know, whatever with all the green and the, the bright colors. And yeah, that yep. is what it is. So um, the rule book. Uh, it's fine. It's easy. This is a very simple game to play. It walks you through it step by step. It's not hard. We, we learned this and played it in what, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then we played like three or four games back to back of this game to finish off our night, uh, first or second night at Shucks. Yeah. And yeah, so this game, do we recommend it? Highly. Absolutely. Yes. This game was so much fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't say enough good things about it. If this interests you at all. You're going to love it. Yeah. If you don't like betting on things, you're not going to... Well, you might enjoy it. It's worth trying it, but And it, it just... It's one of those where just the group of people you play with... Yeah. If they're going to be into it, it's going to be fun. It's just a social fun thing. Yeah. With no money on the line, just points, winners, yeah. right? Like... Uh, it's just hilarious. And the, the, right, the rolling of the dice... And if you have a good a person facilitating this... I mean, you could have someone like kind of suck the energy out of it potentially oh that'd be hard no i know but like if you're going to facilitate this you should but get I feel in like it, right? yeah i don't i feel like it would be hard to suck the energy i think the person i think more than like them sucking the energy out i think they'd get pulled in i would think i, I would, would think like you just yeah that's what i hope because this game brings it, out the best of the people yeah with you. everyone's yelling and and going it, uh, crazy for horse whatever to to win this and th when they don't and they're they're near the finish line and they're like come on and like breathe enthusiasm go across the line yeah and then the other so horses are, qu are crawling up behind them oh it's just it's great uh get out of here four yeah super <laughs> super love this game uh and yeah can't say enough good things yeah. about it so if that sounds of any interest to you i highly 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 recommend you yeah. get this game uh it's not expensive um it's, and it's yeah, well it's, worth it. It's fantastic. It's worth every penny. Um, so yeah, AEG knocked it out of the park with John D. Claire here. Um, Ready, set, great bet. Game. Great Fantastic. Game. Ready, set, bet. Fantastic. So we are going to end our episode talking about the fantastic Ready, Set, Bet. And yeah, we'll call that an episode. So let's... <laughs> uh, Let's start to get out of here. You can follow us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, our YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon, and there's going to be a new video 
uh, up on our YouTube shortly, an unboxing of a very cool game that just showed up just before we started recording this game. So we're going to re uh, hopefully record an unboxing of that uh, tonight and get that up soon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, our email is themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And I think that's it. So we are going to run. And uh, we will see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.